Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Saladcast from myself, Ollie and Glyn. Hi Glyn, you right. Hi Ollie, how you doing mate? Um, so today we'll be discussing um, Saturday's one-all draw um, with Southend, um, which is obviously Paul Hurst's um, first game. So one-all draw away from home, not too bad. No, I think we think we said on the last podcast, didn't we, we would have probably took a draw because it just stops that run of bad losses and, and makes us you know start looking forward and getting excited about what Hurst can probably bring. So I think that um, so for sort of from the people that were there, it's been quite encouraging, hasn't it? So it's it's actually nice to be positive, Ollie, about something. So it should be quite interesting to see uh, to see what the uh, I think we've had one of our friends, Lewis, who's uh, gone down and sort of made yeah. some notes and uh, got give us his feedback about it. And obviously, we've talked to a few other fans since the match, so. Yeah, let's uh, let's dig into it and uh, start being positive about the, the new Pearl Hurst era. Lynch shoots. There it is, the open goal. Tommy Lynch has scored for Shrewsbury. <laughs> Through the wall, past Barry Richardson. So Shrewsbury drew one all on Saturday. Um, going into the game, so a few interesting stats. So we had we'd only kept one clean sheet in the league all season, and we'd won not one in nine, and <laughs> lost the last four. Um, and also in the last 12 games we conceded first so yeah. some pretty um, stark um, stats there yeah it's terrible isn't it I know not good um, and then so interestingly obviously new man new era um, and um, a, a new team so um, so obviously um, people were quite pleased to see this that Dom Smith had come back um, and due to um, Riley's injury and in training Grimmer was injured and Lancashire was injured already McGiven was suspended obviously from the Warsaw game mm. And he left us with four defenders. So um, we started out with four at the back. Um, and Hooray. the formation is quite interesting. I, I, ch- I asked quite a few different people what formation we played. And um, Shropshire Radio said it was 4-5-1. Then they said it was 4-3-3. Four, four, three. Um, and then the Shropshire Radio also said that Deegan was sitting deep. Um, so watching and highlights and kind of taking a summary of everything, it sounds like we were playing four at the back. Deegan sitting deep um, in front of the back two. Um, central defenders um, with kind of four across the middle um, mm. so we had Dom at right back Sadler and Elhab at centre back with Brown left back we had Dobbs and Dodds and Saravich on the wide in wide positions with Black Deegan and a go-go midfield with Tony up top so different structure and different um, different team there yeah something I think I've been calling for for a while I, I was fed up of seeing five at the back and the, the negativity so for me it, it's good you know, looking at it tactically and, and what we did at the day, the, the first thing I can say to Paul Hurst is he's more forward thinking, you know, and I think we're going to come into some of the things he said pre-match about he couldn't really play his system, you know, with the players we had available. So obviously that's why he's recalled Dom Smith, because he seems to be the sort of man that wants to play four at the back and give yourselves more chance of scoring goals by playing slightly more attacking players than maybe we would have experienced under Mellon. So, you know, from the off, before the game even kicked off, really, I was sort of quite positive about the fact that we, we should be looking forward rather than backwards all of a sudden. So... Yeah, that's good. But obviously, me and you weren't there, Ollie. We we asked uh, Lewis, um, one of the one of the podcast heroes that we we get going to these games when we can't make them, um, to sort of give us his comments. So I think we'll we'll play in what um, Lewis made of the game, and then we can we can have a bit more of a detailed chat afterwards, Ollie. Even the result at the end, one one. Defensively, we were a lot better, more organised, and just winning our battles better, and, and not giving giving space away in the box from crosses. So generally, a lot better that way. So you could see signs of sort of. Paul Hurst getting his message across in terms of being better defensively and more organised. So I'd say generally a good game, or fairly even game, shall I say. And after uh, early 25 minutes, there hadn't been much in terms of chances, though Southend perhaps had a bit more possession. But Town were playing some nice football coming forward, just weren't creating any opportunities. But eventually we got a corner on about the 25th minute, and from that corner, after it being cleared, the ball had come back in, 
and cleared straight out to Adam Elab, who was still up from the corner. And from about 25 yards, he just took it first time, half volley, and just went straight as an arrow into the top corner. And amazing goal to to, to take the lead with, um, to stop the run of games going where we've been going behind in the last sort of 12 games. And out of nothing, roar the rover strike, like an arrow into the top corner, right in front of the away fans as well. So a really good moment. And, you know, it just lifted the pressure a little bit. And suddenly the town started playing with a bit more confidence and three or four minutes later, Ivan Tony had a chance to make it 2-0. He picked up the ball on the edge of the box, at the corner of the 18-yard box. And despite Southend players, one or two being around him, he managed to get a shot away. And it was arrowing again, almost to the corner, but this time it struck the foot of the post. And it seemed at the time, it was a key moment where could you know chance to take it 2-0 and probably almost take the game away from Southend. But it wasn't to be, unfortunately. Southend then equalised five minutes later, a good bit of passage of play, which led the goal scorer in behind our defence, and he shot low across Lutweiler. Lutweiler, I don't think, could do much about it. It was well struck, and again into the corner, and low. So, disappointing. But it wasn't a goal that we've been conceding lately, where it's been one of these where it's a cross going in. It was more down to South End's good play. And then it was just the, less, the rest of the first half, it was just making sure the town... And there was a worrying couple of moments where we started to lose our discipline again with silly bookings. And it, we'd hoped that we may have seen a better performance in terms of our discipline, which generally we did. It was just in that five minutes after South End had scored, we almost like the bad habits started to creep in. And, and generally, over the game, it was a better togetherness of the team and making sure that although we conceded, we, we weren't going to sort of lose our shape, lose our organisation and lose all the hard work we'd done in the first half, slip away. So thankfully, it got to half-time and it was 1-1. Half-time 1-1 and second half, no changes made. And Town didn't really offer much going forward in, generally over the 45 minutes. Um, there was one or two half-chances sort of from the edge of the area which didn't test the goalkeeper. But then Southend themselves despite more possession and lots of crosses going in our box. Frankly, we dealt with them quite well. We were we were protecting the goalkeeper, not giving space for them to attack. So in the end, overall, the game was probably more of a defensive shutout or more solid defensive play. Um, it would have been nice to see us do a bit more going forward, but I think in the context of where we are with the season, the first game for the new manager, I think a draw, we would be happy with that. And thankfully, we didn't let it uh, slip away and, and, and lose the game. So positives, I think, from the game generally was more the defensive performance. We had a bat, a bat four that was of players who don't normally play back four. So Sadler was there next to Elab because of injuries to Lancashire. McGiven was suspended. Donald Smith played at right back um, and Junior Brown at left back. So Grimmer was out and we later heard that Riley suffered another knee injury in training. So it was a defensive mix and match type of job. But generally they were very good. Sadler, I was impressed actually. He did well defensively. Um, didn't give much away. But I think defensively we keep up to those standards and I think we should hopefully avoid some of the mistakes we've been doing lately defensively. It will give us a platform to go on and win in games. So, generally, very good. Just need to do a bit more going forward. But for the first game under the manager, Paulhurst, encouraging signs. And I would expect perhaps the attacking to improve when more options are available through the likes of Worley. And, um, and he can start to get across how he wants to attack teams using wingers, which he's talked about recently. So, overall, very good. Final score, 1-1. So, thanks for those comments, Lewis. Uh, great, as usual, to get some feedback from, from guys making that. It's an epic journey down South End, Ollie. Uh, just before we get into it, have you ever been to South End, Ollie? It's a, it's a bloody long way. No, it's one of the few one of the few grounds um, I haven't been to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I drove for five hours on Saturday, so um, <laughs> we could have. I did actually do a, a, a test with a sat nav when we were driving south near Leeds or something like that, and 
we could have got there for five to three mm. if we'd gone all the way, but um, wasn't really up for that. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think your uh, your girlfriend would have appreciated the detour, would she, after a long no. a long drive home? But um, yeah, I, I couldn't make it either. So I've been to Southend, I think, two or three times, and um, it's not the sort of place you ever really go back, is it? It's quite nice. You go and, go and have yeah. a bit of chips at the seaside. It's one of those sort of games. We don't get too many of them. But yeah, it's a shame. I, you know, if it, I would have quite liked to have made it, but... You know what it's like. Life sometimes intervenes yeah. to, to make not getting to the football not so easy. But um, yes, so fair play, well done, Lewis, and, and the other two word for the other two hundred fans that went as well. Um, obviously, first game for for Hursty, um, as we've said a couple of times now. So it was nice for him to sort of see that we do take a, a reasonable amount into these excessively long distance away games. So I'm sure he would have appreciated that. And I think from looking at the highlights afterwards, the fans did go and give him a real good applause, which I think is is fine. But yeah, the, the game was an interesting one, Ollie. I think I, I listened to it on the radio. I don't know about you. Um, yeah, we were able to pick it all back in the Midlands in time. Oh, good. Did, did, you know, it was a good good listen as usual. It it, it sounded from uh, say what Lewis had said then that um, there was lots to be positive about in terms of, of in terms of Shrewsbury. I mean, I, first thing I want to talk about, Ollie. Um, we'll go out of sync on this game because it was only one one draw. Was Alab's goal? I mean. Do you know what it made me think of straight away? Was that goal that um, Tamika McIndiri scored uh, a couple of years ago? Do you remember? I don't know if you were there at the time. He just came trundling out the back and like struck it from like 40 yards out and it went in. And it's just one of those goals where you just you don't expect it, do you? You don't expect Alab to be <laughs> first time volleying it from from that distance into the top corner in front of the town fans. And I think that the best thing about it was the reaction of the town players in the highlights. Did you see that about how absolutely <laughs> blown away they were? Yeah, that was really funny. I, I like Dodd's... Um... Todd's um, celebration the most. Yeah, and Dom Smith as well. He was sort of in in Alab's face, sort of wagging his finger in his in his face, going, I can't, "Sort of can't believe that, mate. Can't believe that." That so, um, yeah, it, it was good. I mean, it sounds like it was quite a close game, doesn't it, Ollie? And I think we wouldn't have expected much more than that. You know, town to go down there, and and it sounds like for me, another one of the things I'm most most pleased about was that fight and that particularly that sort of what's the word you know we only played four at the back like you've just described and and we still had to manfully defend in the last sort of 20 minutes by the sound of it and you know the lack of an extra defender doesn't really seem seem to have made much difference we were still able to sort of see the game out definitely I was chatting to um, um, good friends of mine um, Ian and Callum who went to the game um, and I was asking there for their their kind of their kind of feedback as well Mm. and yeah they were they were very complimentary um, about how we um, how, how we played and that we Obviously, there was a lot more, bit more fight and a bit more discipline and a bit more structure in the team. Yeah. Um, kind of talking about formations, obviously having Dodds and Saravich playing on the wide positions with extra men in midfield, one striker, but away from home, kind of felt like we were yeah, covering the areas and it sounded like we were a lot more disciplined and a lot more spread across the midfield um, and a bit more of a natural back four. I guess talking about the um, back um, defence as well, um, I've heard a lot of good comments about Sadler and El Hab that they both had a really, really good game in central defence. Yeah, it's, it's, it is positive because, you know, they are two of the ones that the fingers may have been pointed at most this season in terms of our defensive frailties, aren't they? You know, we've mentioned some of the some of the mistakes they've had. I mean, Sadler's only just come back into the team in the last sort of five, six games, hasn't he really? And been playing too much before that. But, yeah. um, you know, he it's strange, wasn't it? Obviously, that first period with us when we had him, you know, years ago, he was good. And then obviously not quite so good since then. And then hopefully it is a return to the form he's got because he is, you know, can be a good player even at this level, you know, League One player. So I'm hoping he's... He ref- we- I think he's much more comfortable, isn't he, as a part of a of a back four Sadler. That's one thing to say. Uh, maybe Mellon's system never really suited him as much as a black fat black four would. Yeah, well, it's a surprise actually. He's probably, obviously, I, I don't think you would play Sadler central defence if you had all the players fit. No, um, but fair play to him. He did. A, sounds like he did well. Sounds like um, one thing that we've been critical of, and we've been um, it's been a, uh, um, a weakness of ours is um, clearing headers and winning.
in um, headers from all the crosses that come in. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like El Ha particularly um, was, was solid on that and also Sadler as well. So, no, that was positive. And obviously, Don Smith coming back in, it was a bit of a makeshift back four. Mm. And you really, obviously, Luke Weiler in goal and um, Brown have been playing consistently all season. So, no, fair play to Hurst. And it seems like he has... While he's only been there for a week, he's had a full week of training. It's, it sounds like he's um, and he, what everyone's been saying that he, yeah he's had an impact straight away. So that's that can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think you know to only let one goal in with a makeshift defence, he's obviously had that time to, to train him this week, as you say, and it gives us a bit of an insight into his ability to maybe you know gel things together quickly and and get players working on the same level and and you know carrying out a plan because. Again, then the other things I've read and heard about on the game was that they went there with the plan. Do you know what I mean? And and they stuck to the plan yeah. the whole way through, and and particularly towards the end where you know we didn't go for the win, which is something we would have criticised Mellon for. But in this situation, you can probably understand it from Hurst that, that an opening day point in his in his start to his career would have been good at the Shrewsbury. So um yeah, and and obviously they they'd been drilled into that to see to see the game out, and it and it seems that. A plan, you know. It seems like we might be starting to see the, you know, it's a one game. We can't judge too much, but maybe the first signs of that plan. But it also does show that he's got um, a system that he wants to play and is happy to sort of put um, players into and out of different positions just to be able to play the system and get people used to it. Because Sarsovic is not a, a, a winger, is he? Do you know what I mean? He's more of a central no. sort of attacking midfield player, but can obviously do a job there. You know, you wouldn't necessarily want to play Sadler at centre back all the time. Dom Smith's probably not a natural right back, but. In terms of having an easy to understand system of four four two, yeah, let's just fit these players in and let's you know get them get them used to the tactics that we're probably going to be playing from now to the end of the season. So, yeah, seems seems like a sensible idea to me. Yeah, no, it was good, and um, I was also quite impressed with um, Paul Hurst's post match as well. He was pretty honest, um, and he complimented the players. Um, he actually spoke about the players, which was something that Mickey Mellon kind of didn't really was a bit more vague so we mm. talked about how they worked hard and he said that they were um it was a step in the right direction um he had a a few he didn't go over the top on smith he said he did okay um and he's happy that he's back and he's a young lad learning his trade um and I, I just get the impression i don't know obviously there was a few you mentioned the start of the pod and probably should have expanded on that as well is that we were talking about the formation he likes so he he says he's a bit of a four four two man mm. um but he's saying that he can't quite play a system yet because obviously he needs to train them and potentially maybe, I don't know, almost fitness. It's something you mentioned before, Glenn, that you don't think the players are as fit as they could be. Well, I'm not, I'm not the only one that said that this season, am I? I mean, I know loads yeah. of fans that sit around us and, and even some, I think some of the guys in the media have mentioned it, you know, different things like the, the, I think I've heard some of the people on the radio say it before. So, yeah, it, it has looked like a problem and, and, you know, maybe they are going to be getting drilled that little bit harder. It, it's difficult for Mellon to have, to, to have pushed them to, so hard. When the form was so bad and we were struggling so much, to push them that hard could have caused, you know, a revolt in the in the players and and stuff like that and and this is a rumour but I'd heard there was a rumour going around recently that the the players that were here last year and the ones we brought in in the summer had never really gelled quite as well as, as people were expecting there may even been some tension there so for Mellon to try and change things around with other things maybe going on in the background might have been difficult so again that fresh broom Paul Hurst comes in there's no old players and new players they're all new players now aren't they for this manager you yeah. know they're all on the same level so it makes it a little bit easier to instill something different in training and, and try and bring people up to a different level and, and things like that so yeah, I'm I, I certainly glad to hear he's four four two because that's certainly the, the tactic. Personally, I'm more comfortable um, seeing Shrewsbury Town play. I think um, it was it was encouraging. He's obviously he's, he's got a with with team bottom of the league, um, so obviously we do need to improve and the players need to improve. And but I dislike the way he, he seems to have. A, yeah, it seems to be a man with a plan. And I was also quite encouraged when he said um, um, BBC Shropshire asked him about 
um, is the cup game a distraction and would you rather kick on with the league? Um, and he said, no, actually, the cup is a great opportunity for him to focus and train the team on how he wants to play. So then yeah. he has two weeks to then prepare for when they come back to the league. So obviously... You know, it's, it's it's no it's no shame in this. And there's, I think it's probably the right thing. The cups is not the priority at the moment, is it? You know, if we beat Barney and go through, it's it's a positive. Mm. But at the moment, the, the focus needs to be. Um, we don't want a distraction, do we? Like we had when we went down to the conference of doing well in the cup. Oh, I'd yeah. rather stay up and just lose to Barnet. So um, so that's going to be interesting as well. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you could also say that it was the FA Cup last year that was probably the distraction that caused our particularly bad form over Christmas. You know, we were distracted by the, the run we were on and, and they were the, sort of the highlights, weren't they? And we, we went over our season recap at the start of the year and um, start of the season, sorry, the first podcast. And, you know, it was yeah. it was the Sheffield Wednesday game and then the lead into the Man United game and our league form then was absolutely terrible. And you're right, it was the same in the conference season with the, the Chelsea and the Everton games and the fact that we, we sort of, well, the pre-conference season um, and the Chelsea and the Everton games and, and those bad games. Because I, I remember going to, um, I know we're going a bit back in time here, Ollie, but we like to go off on a tangent every now and again. Because do, do you remember the game around, around Everton time? We played um, Boston United away. And it was like a really foggy day. It was it was an away game, and we lost six one. I think it was I think it was the game before, or the game after the Everton game. I can't remember. Anyway, I went to it, and that was you know we've talked about lows this season, and and sometimes <laughs> we maybe do forget the context of <laughs> the lows because I can remember losing six one to Boston that day, and it was that was pretty bad. So yeah, um, I don't know where I was really going with that. It just reminded me of the awfulness of that. But um, yeah, I, obviously it. A cup run can be a distraction, as was proved at other points in time in Shrewsbury's history, I guess. Yeah, no, it can be. And yeah, so obviously um gives him a couple of weeks to kind of get the team working in his direction, obviously get a few players back from injury mm. um, and yeah, push on. But um, but yeah, it was definitely a step in the right direction and um, a point away from home is always is always a good a good point. And also going back to um, his comments as well, I mean, the pre-match, he was saying about how he's gone through the DVDs. Um, he's noticed, obviously, we need to improve our crossing. So there's quite a few things he picked up and he's clearly seen the things that um, we've been seeing. So as you would hope, obviously, being a fully qualified football manager. Um, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm pleased with him. I think we're going for a bit. We always go off on tangents, don't we? But I'm quite pleased with Hurst and he's... The post-match and all the stuff he said around this game, um, and also the fire from the players and stuff, for me, mm. Hurst um, is um, yeah, he seems like the right man. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the tricky bit for Hurst, is it? You get that new manager bounce, no. that freshness, and and the, the things that we've seen as positives this weekend generally come from that fresh broom approach. But um, as much as we can say, well, the FA Cup doesn't really matter. Unfortunately, for sh- unfortunately, it kind of does at the moment because it's a home game. Do you know what I mean? And and he's got to yeah. he's got to do what Mellon couldn't do over the course of this season. Get a good home performance in that starts to win back fans, is entertaining, isn't boring, and stops that negativity at home. Because you know, there's 200 town fans there on Saturday who've come away encouraged, and we know we're trying to reflect that for that feeling from the fans of, of what they've come away feeling, and generally what people didn't go feeling. You know, stop the rot. We're cl- we're you know it got us. Were we something? You know, we were six points off, releg- off the relegation zone, weren't we? Before the start of play, and now we're only five points off being from safety. So, you know, even that league position has been slightly improved on the on the result of that. But I do think that if it was a league game or a cup game next week, regardless of that, just because it's at home, it is vital that he gets a positive result. And it's strange, isn't it, that if we were to lose to Barnet, Ollie, that would be tricky. You know, and no one's going to jump on his back too much because it's his second game as manager. But it just doesn't doesn't really get the home fans off to the same sort of level of 
excitement and, and sort of pes- you know re- reduction in pessimism as we'd want really uh, it, so to me it is quite an important game regardless of it being the FA Cup and maybe not what we're sort of focused on this season yeah no I, I would agree with that I think um, obviously there's been a lot of um, anticipation of seeing the manager um, at home and he'll want to win um, obviously winning um, will give some confidence to the team um, yeah. and obviously if we, especially if we get a couple of goals obviously um, it will be good to get um, you know a couple of the strikers or attacking players scoring again because yeah we're obviously not we're not going to improve our position unless we start scoring some goals. No, we'd like to see some goals. That would be a, a massive yeah. start. Yeah, although we did see two last time at home, but they were penalties. <laughs> yeah, but um, but no, let's fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see um, if I'm not sure um, if if Lancashire will be back um, from injury for this game or Grimmer um, for on Saturday. So it'd be mm. interesting to see if he sticks with the same back four or goes to something different. Yeah, well, it, the way it is with the players who are injured at the moment, it's it's a bit of a tricky one for them, isn't it? But well, yeah, as I say, with with Smith back, it does sort of soften the blow a little bit. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It, 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 the thing that'll interest me is if we get any more injuries in, say, the striking positions, and will he do the same thing with say an Ethan Jones and or or an Anderson, and may, maybe bring them back if we're struggling for players because he's got to trust the players that are at the football club and they are our players. So. Yeah, he's obviously not afraid to sort of, you know, bring players back and get them in. I, I was, you know, we should talk about Smith a little bit more, really, Ollie, about how, you know, that's another positive, isn't it, that we said we'd sort of run out of those youth prospects coming through, the ones to get excited about. And so if Smith's back and involved in the first team and, you know, playing a game here and there because of injuries, but sort of on the bench and still involved, that's going to be, I think that's going to get a lot of fans on side again, isn't it, and start to think, yeah, we're, we're thinking about the future here. Yeah, I think it was um, it was a move um, that had to be made because of obviously the injuries we had. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it hasn't. It's, it was a good PR move, wasn't it? By, Definitely. Um, by the manager to um, you get the fans on the side. But um, yeah, I just hope that um, the, um, everyone... Um, gets behind him I'm sure all the fans will get behind him because there's no reason why not to but um, yeah it would be good if we can have a a happier um, atmosphere at the ground because obviously it was pretty tense Mm. the last time we played at home so yeah let's hope we can have a a positive atmosphere and um, yeah a good result but um, yeah let's 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 keep the, um, the the Barney game to the end, but um, but no positive. And I guess just going back to um, going back to the to the game um, yeah. after El Hab had his great strike, Tony hit the post as 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 Lewis said. And imagine if we'd scored at that point, that would have really have changed the game. Yeah, I saw it on on the highlights. Great strike as well, to be fair, because the angle was much more acute than it made it seem on the radio when I was listening to it. He was he was much further yeah. out on an acute angle and. To beat, to beat the keeper, really, and still at the post was pretty impressive because there can't have been that much of a target to aim at. But yeah, unfortunate. It sounds like Tony kept going and did his usual sort of thing. I mean, the other thing Tony was involved in, Ollie, was obviously a bit of, um, what do we call it, handbags? Was it more than handbags? Argy-bargy. Yeah. Argy-bargy, yeah. There's, it's definitely not a full-on <laughs> full ruck. It wasn't quite a ruck, but it was um, a bit of handbags for me. But um, yeah, yeah, to be fair, I've seen players, both the players get sent off for that situation because, you know, all right, Tony got pushed first, but he definitely got up and pushed him back, so... In the law, in the law yeah, of the he's game, he's got a learner, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's a bit impetuous, isn't he? Yeah, discipline is clearly on his um, on on the list to do for the manager. Um, maybe, obviously, he has hinted that you'll sign some players in January. Maybe that's maybe that's the only way we can stop our poor disciplinary. Because yeah, there's a few more bookings um, yeah. in the game again. There was um, there was four, um, which is not ideal. Again, 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just disciplinary hasn't been fixed yet. But anyway, um, we need to give the manager a bit more time to fix yeah. all the issues that we have. But um, oh god, he's got, he's got a mammoth job, Ollie. He has got a mammoth job. Um, but I thought um, actually um, being a bit cheeky um, on the Facebook group, um, and one of the most famous Shrewsbury Town fans kind of summarised the game quite well. I'm going to kind of steal it. So busy um, put on Facebook and hope he doesn't mind us re- um, repeating what he said. We might owe him money. We might have to owe him some money here, Ollie. There may be some sort Maybe of we have to get him a media Carling. commitment. Maybe we could buy him a Carling or something. <laughs> Fair in enough. The West End. He'd probably say that. <laughs> um, yeah, so first half superb on the back foot in the second half, but defended really well. Sadder and El Habit awesome. Um, great to see Salah having some fire in the bellies and playing as a team. Early mm. days, but positive signs we can pull this pull this one out so good so no that was uh, i thought it was a good summary when i saw that and yeah it's, it's kind of that kind of sums up what all the different feedback we got from all the different fans so um mm. yeah positive uh, a positive move forward did you do your your three word summaries this week ollie yeah i did yeah so um so it was a few funny ones so uh both from kenneth and sweden was um, one important point um <laughs> kieran said bringing about positivity jack said feels like winning um logan said um, in the right direction um good way result um, small margins again. Uh, <laughs> was that Whitfield? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, Shock. Um, and then um, it's a star. It's an improvement. Um, so it was really positive. Loads of all the fans were pretty positive actually in their um, in their three word match reviews. So yeah, was, um, hopefully this is a kind of yeah we're drawing a line under the Mickey Mellon era. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can push on now. Yep, good stuff, good stuff. I, I, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, do you want to just share um, Lewis's top three? Yeah, so obviously Lewis as well, thanks for going. We, we obviously have a top three from the podcast every week, and when myself and Ollie are not there, we try and get one of the, the people that's covering the game for the podcast to, to give us their top three. So he went for number one, he went for El Abt. He said it was a captain's performance, and he won everything in the air. Um, he didn't lose his man and topped it off with the, the Roy the Rover strike, as we described it. Um, second place he gave to Sadler, uh, rock solid in his normal role as central defender, but stepped in to cover other players who were not available, um, and he won a number of headers and, and didn't make any mistakes, which is which is positive for Sadler, isn't it? Because normally he's the, he's the sort of one that people are keeping their eye on for the mistakes. So if he's cut that out of his game, that's a bonus. Um, and third place, yeah, which seems, third place always seems to go to a go-go for just winning his midfield battles and breaking up play, protecting the defence and just running hard. So he's definitely the, the sort of dynamo in the midfield at the moment, is he, in terms of keeping things going. So yeah, he got he got his uh, his third place. So what, one thing we will be doing with these top threes is we've been keeping a track of them on a spreadsheet. I love a spreadsheet. Um, on a spreadsheet all through the season. And we'll, we'll give an update at sort of Christmas time, Ollie, about who we think sort of yeah. leading the way and, and just have a bit of a chat about who, who might be in the in the running for the sort of Southcast player of the season. But there's, there's a couple who are quite aware ahead at the moment. So it's going to take a lot of work between now and the Christmas to sort of catch them up, I think. Yeah, Gogo's been doing well all season, hasn't he? He's been yeah. in our top threes quite consistently. And, and I think it was also obviously one of the choices we have. So I've got Riley got injured in training. Grimmer's injured. Obviously, Dom's come in and played there. But obviously, Gogo um, has played right back in his career, hasn't he? Oh, that's true, but yeah. I think... Yeah, Dagger Mebridge played right back. Um, so, but I think at the moment, I don't think we could afford to take him out of midfield. I think his energy in midfield um, would be would be sorely missed mm. if he was to play right back. But um, I guess that's one option we do have. Um, yeah. But one thing I want to know this, and I'm fascinated by this. Well, how does a how does a new football manager? know where these players play does he have like a one-to-one with them and he asks them where they've played Cause it's not like football manager is it where it just kind of tells you do you think do you think the, <laughs> man, think the manager asks them where they've played and sometimes they go oh yeah i'm a striker i am i'm a striker i play up front i think they look at football manager ollie <laughs> they probably just they probably just load it up and have a look at it because I, I I said this on the podcast before I do the statistics for the um, Shrewsbury Town team on Football Manager so all of the all of the stuff that you get in the database for Shrewsbury Town team um, is what I do and I got the, the beta copy of Football Manager through this week 
It's, it's cracking. And to be fair, the amount of information in there about where players play and all of the information and all that sort of thing is really good. The problem for Paul Hurst is I did all that information. So I probably wasn't <laughs> looking at football manager because otherwise he's basing a lot of decisions on what I think. So let's probably not hope he did that. There's an interesting thought. How do you, do you ask? And um, yeah, because he also mentioned a few comments about how um, Charlie's been struggling um, and he hasn't quite settled and stuff. So that kind of gives me some insight. Obviously, has been as you would expect, you know, having chats and one-to-ones with the players. But um, mm. no, it's um, it's it, it's always fascinating, isn't it, the insight of football and what actually happens um, on the training yeah. ground and stuff. I think a lot of it goes as well, Ollie, that football's, um, you know, there are only 92 football league clubs and there are only a maximum 20, 25, 30 players in those teams. So it's, it's you know, you'd imagine that football managers know a lot about a lot of players across the leagues that they work in. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if the manager had come across a lot of these players before and, and had maybe looked to sign them at some point in the past. or So he'd, he'd yeah. worked with some of them before as well. So we'd have had a knowledge of those. It's just a case of maybe the young lads like Smith that you wouldn't have known much about. Maybe he would. Um, but I'd imagine he was very much aware of someone like a go-go and probably very aware of, you know, the the keepers and and, uh, and El Abd. And so it, he probably already had a big knowledge of it anyway. And he probably would have been saying yeah. that sort of thing in the interview. So... It's just um, it's about him and delving deeper into Danny Coyne as well. Yeah, and there's also other people as well, like Chris Kitt and stuff around, isn't there? So yeah, yeah, there is. And I, I wouldn't even be surprised to, to have heard that Mickey Mellon and um, the new manager had spoken about things. I, I bet you that's the sort of thing that happens. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Actually, um, yeah, the managers and the, the, all the managers normally do talk to each other, and they normally know each other. Obviously, um, I'm sure um, Mickey Mellon played against Hurst in their career yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, there's always a lot of connections there. But anyway, as we always do, Glenn, we've gone off another tangent but well it's it's interesting thought Ollie and, and yeah. one day we may may speak to a manager and ask them who knows if we'll ever get permission to do something <laughs> like that but it would be nice um, and if we did that's your number one question Ollie how did you, how did you find out about yeah. what was going on when you first joined the club so there we go have we got anything else to say about the game as I say we've sort of talked about the positives what else can we say really no I think I think it was a I think it was a I think we said um, all there is about the game as a, a decent point away on the road and um, yeah a couple of league games to kind a lot of league games a couple of cup games to um, take our focus off um, the league for a little bit and um, yeah looking forward to actually to the FA Cup game Saturday yeah should be good alright we'll round that off there now and we'll go into the uh, the salad news So, uh, it's going to be a sort of uh, shortened setup news because we could only think of a couple of things to talk about this week in terms of uh, news that had come out of the football club. And one of those was obviously Dom Smith being back, Ollie, which we've just sort of touched on. Um, and the reasons yeah. why we're sort of quite happy to have him back is nothing really extra you want to say on that. You know, is there at this stage? No, I think it's he obviously wasn't playing for Barrow. He played right back a couple of times to them and he'd been on the bench. And um, I was disappointed that he went down to that level because I think um, he's a better player than that. So, mm. um, so yeah, I think... Um, injuries and all that I think it could be turned into a positive and yeah he could we he's obviously following the footsteps of Connor Goldson um, we don't know if he's as good as Connor yet um, Connor Goldson's obviously um, has potential to be a Premier League player um, but yeah no, it's good to see him back and as um, as we often say you know there's no real youth there's no real local connection to the team at the moment so yeah it's good to have um, a local connection back mm. in the team and and that actually takes us nicely on to the second piece of news Ollie which is um Look, while they're getting called up for Canada, although we've always been, it was quite fun on the radio. Um, Stu Dunn has been obviously yeah, calling the, the well. Swiss, the Swiss stop stopper for you know year, for the years he's been here now, and obviously can't really call him that anymore because he's technically going to be Canadian from this point onwards, as far as football's concerned. So I don't know what can what can he call him from now on the Canadian 
I don't know. We'll have to, I can't think of a reasonable Canadian, acronym for yeah. Yeah, go on. I don't know. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't think of anything. <laughs> we'll have to have a think. We should have thought about that. Maybe reference or something. Yeah, there yeah, you go. hockey reference maybe or something. The blocker. <laughs> um, the so, blocker, yeah. Yeah, but it's good for good for him. But actually, if there was one player that is trickiest position to lose someone in an international break, it's probably got to be got to be the goalkeeper, particularly for a club like us where we aren't going to get our games cancelled, are we? Because if no. we've got an international weekend coming up, we're going to probably get Lutweiler called up. Maybe McGiven, maybe Alam. McGiven would get called up again, yeah. Yeah, maybe Dom, Dom Smith. Smith to get called up for Wales, but yeah. It's unlikely. Um, you have to have so many called up, don't you? You have to be quite a few. So is it three or something like that? But um, I think it's three, yeah. We'll get three. I, don't, I don't see it happen. No, I'm not sure either. I don't know whether it counts for if you've got like youth players called up as well. I don't 21s or it has to be like three full-time international so I suppose we will find out for the next international break because obviously look is going to get that selection um but yeah going back to my initial point which was it's not the greatest for us to be losing the goalkeeper is it of all the positions that we might be sort of struggling for another player yeah I guess um it would give Halstead a chance obviously a little bit of competition um but um yeah no it's um It'd be interesting to see if he where he goes because it'd also be quite a long trip as well. It is going to be a long trip, isn't it? It's like Alabd when he goes away as well. It's it's a it's a sort of extra couple of days travellers, doesn't it? So it keeps you out from the club sort of maybe five days, six days over the period. But it's interesting you say Halstead there. You know, the assumption is that everyone is that we will play Halstead. Um, but again, we don't know whether it's something that the, the new manager might fancy actually giving one of you know because Burton obviously played towards the end of last season, so he's he's had his first appearance for Shrewsbury Town whether it's just worth sticking with youth for this one game if we weren't in a massive relegation battle it might be easier to sort of justify that and, and get him some League One experience but with the trouble we're in you might want to actually just sort of default to the slightly more experienced goalkeeper in Halstead won't you? Yeah I guess it depends um, what, how he views and he might think that Burton is a far superior keeper so yeah it's mm. been interesting one to if he has to make that decision it'd be interesting to see which decision he makes well, we'll get a head, heads up beforehand, won't we? Because obviously Burton's on loan, so we'll have to sort of cancel the yeah, loan. So people, we'll get an idea in the week running up to it, really, whether, it, whether that's something that'll be going on. So, yeah, that's a, it's a tricky situation for us to deal with, but I, you know, I'll pass on our best as part of the podcast to look wider. He's, he's certainly deserved it for the form since he's been with us, hasn't he? In terms of the overall period, he's been absolutely class. And all right, we've had some bad times in the League One years, um, but even then, all last season, he was probably our player of the year, wasn't he? Or up there because he was just making save after save week after week, pretty similar to this season. Maybe made more mistakes this season, but you know, we'd be pretty struggling, we'd be struggling without him full time, I think. Yeah, and um, I think in, to be fair to him, we do keep him very, very, very busy. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously the busiest keeper in the league, um, yeah. but no, yeah, he's, he's a good player, and yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be interesting to understand. Does he see himself as Canadian or not? Because obviously it's a bit interesting when you get these guys who are called up for different teams. And but obviously Owen Hargreaves has got a Canadian accent, grew up in, but then just lived in Germany and then played for England. So yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, understand where his, his where he thinks his nationality lies. Well, he's not the only one of our goalkeepers that did it. Because in the week there was the news that Burton. Um, has actually changed his allegiance from England to Wales as well, so that he can get a, to go oh, okay. in there. Wales. So our keepers are just, you know, they can't make their mind up. They just change their nationality all the time. <laughs> I'm surprised if Halstead suddenly comes back and decides he's like Brazilian or something like that, just to, you know, get in there on 21 team. But there we go. Um, I think that's really it in terms of the news. One of the things we wanted yeah. to just move on to, Ollie, was that we've been obviously we host this podcast and people are sort of we're getting more and more questions and people asking us about you know what we think and, and things like that. And it's it it was quite interesting. We said right at the start of this in probably the first or second podcast we were going to do our all-time Shrewsbury Town teams didn't we Ollie just so yeah. people could kind of have a, an idea of the sorts of players that we've liked because obviously we've been going for pretty much a similar sort of time period but we don't obviously agree on everything so I think because um, we want to sort of keep this period um, this sort of 
time on this one down to a minimum. I'm going to go through my all-time town team, having having been going since about 1992, and then either next week or in a few other weeks, um, then we'll go for yours, Ollie. And anyone we get on as a guest, we're going to ask it them as the first question, just so you know they have to nail their colours to the mast. So I went through and I, and I had a good think about this, and, and I'm interested to see what you think about this as a, as a starting lineup, Ollie. So I went for goalkeeper Paul Edwards, um, right back Darren Moss, centre backs of Kelvin Langmead and Connor Goldson, left back Neil Ashton. Uh, and then on the wing, Mickey Brown. On the other wing, Austin Berkeley with Paul Evans and Dave Edwards in the middle. And then Grant Holt, Luke Rogers up front. It's pretty solid, isn't it? You, you, you'd be struggling to beat that team, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty... Yeah, you've got an interesting team. I think was, my team would be quite different, I think. Obviously, I think so. I'll keep that a secret for now. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it all depends on your era, doesn't it? And um, when you started playing. And yeah, I have to guess, it'd be great if actually some fans also could maybe share some of their, um, their first 11s as well. Because I'm... These things are often um, reflected by your age and your generation, but uh, totally no, that sounds like a pretty decent team. And you've obviously gone for four four two there, Glenn. You see exactly, Ali. That proves the point, doesn't it? That I've been saying all this time, and I think it's yeah. quite interesting when you think about players you haven't selected because I obviously thought I put down a little list of players that didn't get on my team that would have been on the bench that were in there. So for obviously Paul Edwards for me was the goalkeeper that was sort of the the, the main man when I first started going as a kid, and, and we had our championship season under him, and so obviously. You're comparing him to Joe Hart at England international goalkeeper, but he didn't yeah. play for us for all that long. So for me, Paul Edwards was sort of shade that one. Um, Darren Moss for me was just a quality right back. Um, a centre back though, obviously I put Kelvin Langmead and Connor Goldson, um, but I was really tempted to put Grandison or, or Knight Nat Percival in there because I really love both those players as as, yeah. as more recent players, particularly Knight Percival. If he'd have played for us for another season, I think he probably would have snuck in there ahead of Langmead, but. Langers was I really loved Langers when I was younger as well. So yeah, he was good. It was it was interesting obviously when he got converted from a um, yeah. Someone really saw someone get converted from a striker um, to a, a central defender. So that was quite interesting to see. And but also you missed out a few big names as well, haven't you? And obviously yeah, yeah. like Walton and um, yep. and a few other kind of players who were around for a long time, like Wilding and that. So you know. It was, yeah, Mark Williams, quite a lot of them like that. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, like a massive list that I use to put it together. Yeah. And you, when you start to think about centre-back, there's actually so many names at centre-back. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll quickly give you a few. So you said Walton Wilding, Mark Williams, Tretton, Dave Hughes, Darren Tinson, Mickey Heathcote, Sadie Burton, Richard Hope, Cansdale Sheriff, Coughlin, Mike Jackson, when he was playing with us, <laughs> and Ian Sharps. So, you know, just and, that, and that's not even totally comprehensive. That's just a list of the ones that I, I, you know, I would have put in contention. But centre-backs, we've had some good ones really over the years. Yeah, we have. Yeah, no. So no, it'd be interesting. And yeah, I'll, I'll do my team. Um, I'll, I'll prepare it for the next session. If we've got a bit of a light session, well, um, yeah. if it's a positive pod and we've got nothing but positive things to talk about, obviously nothing <laughs> negative, we'll, we can um, fit in it in. But no, I'm sure I know already my team's going to be quite different to yours. So now it'd be interesting to share. And yeah, if um, people compare. on Twitter want to share their, um, yeah, share theirs, we could also share them. And yeah, when we get, we were hoping to get a guest on this week, weren't we? But unfortunately, it didn't happen. But um, yeah, yes. we'll get them to share their um, teams as well. It's always interesting to hear these different names. Yeah, so yeah, send us your teams in via, via Twitter or, or via Facebook or the email. All the details are on SoundCloud and they're also on iTunes as well. So it'd be great to get a few in in there. We might read some people's teams out. Just if you send it, send it with a, an era. So, you know, I was going since 1992 or 2001 just to yep. give us an idea of the context that's behind. So um, the saddest thing is my favourite player of all time didn't make the team, Dwayne Derby. But there's a long, long story behind that that I will one day go into Ollie. <laughs> Um, but it's not for this <laughs> podcast. That needs a whole twenty-five minute section. <laughs> but um, yeah, there we go. Cool. So at least we've said my team now, and then we'll get we'll get some feedback on other people's as well. So yeah. I think that's just about us, really, isn't it, Ollie? So we just need to go into yeah. the predictions next. Um, so we'll, we'll go into that now. The situation is clear. That's an excellent ball in. It's Holt header. Shrewsbury Town have the lead. 
It's his 28th goal of the season. Okay, so um, obviously um, last section predictions. Um, so Glyn, you went for a one nil, one nil defeat. I think you Pessimistic. went pessimistic. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I went for a one or draw. Um, so. Um, I don't know if it's luck or judgment, but um, yeah, I got the result and the, the scoreline right again. So um, yeah, I've pulled up a bit of a tasty lead ahead of you at the moment. Because we said many podcasts ago, we need to come up with a prize or some sort of punishment for losing this. And now you're miles ahead, Ollie. You might as well start, you know, thinking about what it's going to be because <laughs> you probably you're maybe you're, you're not quite uncatchable, but it's getting that point even all coming towards halfway through the season. So. Fair play, Ollie. You're doing much better than me. I think it comes down to what we always say about you being a, the tactician and you like to study the game and I just say what I feel. Sometimes saying what you feel is not always right. <laughs> anyway, so there we go. Yeah, sorry. I, I was um, when, when the final result came in, it was kind of like um, listening to it on the radio and in the car out and I did turn around to my girlfriend and say, Glyn is going to be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but no, yeah. It's, but you've got a long way to go. There's a lot of games yeah, I mean, left, as Contreras would say. Yeah, a so lot of football to play. Um, it's like uh, I'll be getting sacked soon. Mel and Esker, we bring someone else in to do these predictions soon, Ollie. So it'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll sack me. Um, but we're going to do FA Cup this week, aren't we? We're going to do the the, uh, yeah. the next game, which is the Barnet game. We'll quickly talk about that afterwards. So, um, what are you going for? The magic of the cup, Ollie. Home team, team in a lower division. Surely it's got to be a win. Yeah, I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Oh, two 0 I think yeah. I'm going to go for a win as well. I think that. I just think the new manager bounce and, and the sort of positivity we'll have there. I think that the FA Cup normally puts another couple of three or four hundred on the gate, doesn't it, as well, which obviously yeah. um, obviously helps with the atmosphere. So I think I'll go for a win as well, but I think I'll go for a nervy one. I think I'll go for... I think I'll go for... A, I can't see a score in three. I wanted to say 3-1, but I think I'll go for a 2-1 win um, and with maybe okay. a, bit of, a bit of a late panic at the end. <laughs> which is pretty much what we're used to isn't it so okay make a note ollie and we shall see we shall see what happens at the end so uh there we go end of another podcast yeah so yeah end of the podcast and next one um yeah obviously an fa cup our first um fa cup pod so that'll be good can we call it an fa cup special ollie everyone does fa cup special maybe depends on the results yeah maybe <laughs> depends on the result if we get if we get spanked by um, um lower league um barnet um yeah that would be good and i did have a quick look um he hasn't played. Um, Purse didn't play Barnet this year um, when he was Grimsby manager. Oh, I'm didn't sure he? Yeah, right. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's done intel on them already. I'm sure he knows a bit about them. But um, but yeah, it would be interesting to um, to see um, to see how we get on and um, yeah, how we how we play. And let's hope that um, yeah, we can get a win because while um, it would be a bit of a distraction from the league, but I think it's important to win some games and uh, a home victory would also lighten the mood at home, which I think is really important. Yeah, I'm just having a look now where they're on the table. I know they're mid, they were pretty much near the bottom, but they've, maybe they've had a couple of wins. They're, at, they're 14th, 19 points, so they're only three points off the playoffs in League Two, So, you know, but they're also only they're only six, four points off the relegation zone, so they're banging the mid-table. So you're not exactly... My, we said this last week, didn't we? We lost to bloody... Um, the team bottom of League Two, so that doesn't really make any difference when we lost to Cambridge in the EFL Trophy. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that I think we'll win, and I think it'll get. It won't be a distraction. It'll just be a case of getting the fans up and, and going like that. But I, I do think the FA Cup, like anyone in sort of our level of football at this league and, and at this period of the cup, it does. The FA Cup always means a lot to Shrewsbury Town fans, doesn't it? And we never like to get dumped out. It always goes particularly badly down with the fans if we. We roll over and have our bellies tickled, particularly with bad bad teams and, and lower league teams. So I can't see that happening. I think that we've got to be positive and, and hope that it doesn't and, and we'll get on with it. So, yes, on to round two. And then, you know, another non-league team at home and then we can start looking forward to a nice big draw. <laughs> and then we'll get distracted. 
yeah, no, it's going to be a good one, and uh, hopefully we'll be a good attendance because um, that'll be good to get the attendance going back up again. Yeah, I'm sure Roland would like to see that, wouldn't he? Definitely. I think he'd like to think that now Mellon's gone, we might be encouraged back a few of those fans we've lost. But uh, I say there's probably more to talk about after our first home game than there is after this away game, just because um, of, of all the issues that have been going on there. So it'll be it'll be an interesting one, Ollie. Just well, yeah, I, I, I can't remember if you said you can make this game or not. Yeah, I should be. Um, yeah, good I definitely man. should be going to this one. Yeah, good. Well, there'll be someone yeah, from the podcast good. there because I will not be able to make it, because uh, I was supposed to be going away for a trip on my birthday back in October, and um, my wife got ill, and so we had to postpone it, and it's been rearranged for this weekend. So I shall be away, missing the first FA Cup game for a very long time, but, you know, these things happen. Yeah, I'll be there, so you can um, play presenter. I can share my thoughts. <laughs> there we go. Good stuff. Right, Ollie. Okay, Let's look brilliant. forward to the FA Cup, and speak to you next week, yep. my friend. Cheers, guys. Oh!